Brave girls, promise me you will not shrink yourself in order to make others feel comfortable. That you will stand firm in the fight for equality, even if they say the fight is dirty. If they tell you it's a detriment to the essence of being a lady and a destruction to the natural order in society. Let's smash through the stereotype and misconception and continue the fight for basic human rights and justice for all women globally. This is the Muslim Pod Blogger, and I invite you to not be afraid to call yourself a feminist anymore. I think there's so many misconceptions and varied understandings of what feminism really is, but it really essentially comes down to the fight against the patriarchy and the practical consequences of the patriarchy itself. To really understand what the patriarchy is, you have to go through a time machine historically to understand what it is. The best way to describe it is like a triangle where white, abled men are at the top and white, abled women are under that and so on and so forth. At the bottom, however, is all black, brown, indigenous, disabled, gay people, basically anyone that doesn't fit the cultural norm of a strong white male or a good and well-mannered woman. How that plays out in real practical consequences is defining people. So, for instance, black people are cursed by God, that's why they're black. Brown and indigenous cultures are primitive and need colonisation by white society. Other religions are, other cultures, other languages are inferior. Children are dumb or manipulative and need to be seen and not heard. disabled people need to be institutionalized and then going even further black people are overly sexualized whereas white women or white men are godly people women's brains are smaller good blood and bad blood uh, meaning there's you know rich and poor as god's will people's everyday life it trickles down where essentially men are decision makers women are homemakers and caretakers and because women aren't actually getting paid for that, you know, bit of work. It's viewed as not important and not valuable. Historically, that's what the patriarchy was. And there is still ongoing internalized patriarchy across so many societies, cultures and patterns of thinking. It's so deeply embedded in so many people and Heaps and heaps of people don't actually realise that what they're saying or what they're doing is so, so strongly connected to those patriarchal patterns of thinking and operating and living. And that is what feminism is, to recognise that, to point it out and to dismantle it because it leads to varied forms of oppression. I think probably we can say that feminism started with getting women the right to vote. That's really heralded as the beginning of feminism. But you know, in Australia, particularly, Aboriginal women didn't get the right to vote. That was a movement for white women. So the birth of feminism really came out of a, a racial hierarchy. So it's just really interesting to me that we, as feminists, we can understand one form of oppression, we can understand gender oppression, but then we fail to understand racial oppression. So then we had the second wave that was all about acknowledging that the patriarchy existed and 
wanting to kind of cut our ties and, and not um, not be wives and not be mothers and, and really be independent of our male, you know, our male counterparts. And then third wave, some people talk about third wave as being the same as um, intersectional feminism and for some people it's a little bit different. The term intersectional feminism that was coined by um, Crenshaw, who um, who was a black woman and who talked about not being able to find a space within the black rights movement in America or within the women's rights movement where she really felt understood. Someone, you know, who has multiple layers of oppression actually was was not being looked after by any of those movements and actually we needed to create our own. I think that that's where we are now and it really understands that actually sex workers deserve to be included in feminism and Muslim women deserve to be included in feminism and you know and Christian women and women who are choosing to be mothers and wives and choosing to be a stay-at-home mothers still deserve feminism. The white middle-class woman was actually not the most oppressed. She was actually kind of okay when you look at black men being, you know, being gunned down by police. I find it really disheartening when notable women don't join the feminist movement. I think that has a massive impact on community and globally. Um, It's so disheartening, but I think it's a complex thing. Some women will happily stand on the shoulders of their feminist ancestors and forget about the legacy and even throw their own peers under the bus to kind of further their own agenda. Um, Unfortunately, this happens in every oppressed group and it actually has, has a couple of names. It can be called lateral violence or punching down. But what actually angers me more is women doing feminism badly. You know, they care about maybe white middle class women, but they don't care about the safety of sex workers. I think that has an incredible impact on the movement and also on women globally. I think that's that's the whole point of feminism is that women should be able to choose for ourselves. So when we see feminists being anti-headscarf or anti-sex worker or anti-plastic surgery or, you know, any of these things that I believe women should have the choice to do what they want to do in the context of their culture as well. When we see supposed feminists trying to take these choices away from women or not understanding that they are actually individual women choosing these things. And of course, women don't want to be a part of that movement because they want the choice. The irony needs to be said of a 30-something white Australian male talking about the patriarchy, but it is important. For me, the patriarchy and my experience with it is really about the way I grew up, the culture in which I grew up, and the idea of what it is to be a man and what this idea of being a man is, both in the way that you address that to other people and then the way that you experience internally as well. The traditional idea of being a man where you're not allowed to have emotions, you're certainly not allowed to show those emotions, you can't be caring or nurturing to other people, you can't be friendly in any way that isn't that sort of makeup friendship where you know we'll all just get over it together but not really talk about it and that comes out in a lot of different ways with a lot of people this actually ends up spilling out in really bad and negative ways not being able to talk about your emotion not being able to connect on an intimate level male to male which actually comes out then as things like aggression not being empathetic really what i think the patriarchy comes down to for me How do you think it affects men globally? I mean, every culture has its different way of this coming out. Some can be more outdated than others. When you have cultures where the patriarchy is still very much, there are things in place that hold men to significant points of power, both in a family dynamic, a government dynamic, business dynamic. And again, this exists throughout the world, but these structures can be a little bit more forceful and also ingrained in law. There are countries that are a little bit more progressive in the way that they view it. The problem is that they culturally are still across the world, I think, is ingrained throughout 
that cultural fabric and is often at times outwardly showing in the way that the laws are put together or the way that things are run or it's a, it's a more undertone um, that unfortunately gets into every aspect of life. Yes, especially in developing countries. There aren't enough systems and structures in place to prevent the patriarchy from like just running people over, running people into yep. the ground. In developing yep. countries, they really struggle with this. And it's so ingrained deep, like you mentioned in culture, that some people can't even identify it as it being a patriarchal thing. They won't name it for what it is. That gets really tricky when you're trying to figure out, well, what's culture versus what is patriarchy and how can those two things coexist? And, you know, and it's a really complex problem in the fact that it, it is so interwoven within different cultures um, and expresses in different ways. It makes it really, really tricky. Pull out the bad from the good and, and understand um, how can we change this culture so there's a healthy culture while not solving what actually makes that culture special. Yes, for such a long time, even today, developing countries are predominantly Eastern and Asian and uh, developed countries are predominantly uh, European and Western. But European and Western nations have done some things in the past. You know, there's this history where cultures have been subject to extermination and languages and traditions and all that sort of stuff. So when you want to go into a developing country and try to say, hey, let's name this for what it is, the patriarch, there's this feeling of threat and mm. wanting to push back. So I think the most common myth about feminism that I've come across is that feminists are man-haters or that we want women to prosper at the cost of men. So we want to take what men have and replicate it and have it for ourselves and kind of kill off all the men or just leave them to rot, you know, not have anything to do with them. And this idea is just so counterproductive. The reason that this myth is just so ridiculous is that the patriarchy hurts men as well. It doesn't just hurt women. For example, I am a social worker and work in suicide prevention and we have an alarming number of male clients. Most of them have no idea how to process emotion or how to resolve conflict without violence or how to be vulnerable, how to ask for help. All of these things, they're taught from birth that men are strong and independent and tough and that if men cry or are perceived as weak or talk about their feelings then they're pansies or they're gay or they're you know weaker than other men and so the idea that feminists hate men is just ludicrous because we want freedom from the patriarchy for for men just as much as for women gloria steinem said any woman who is not a feminist is a masochist what does she mean by that if you are not a feminist, then you hate yourself. You've imbibed misogyny. What if those women are like, I, I don't believe in the feminist cause because all my needs are being met, so whatever. Well, I think that's a reasonably self-centred approach to take. There are many people who are reasonably and quite correctly affected by stories of suffering from women who they have not met and with whom they have no connection. And that's because that is the human condition. We are one people and we should fight for all of us. Yeah, if we in the land of freedom, supposedly, can't take up the cause, you know, if you can't fight mm, yeah. for their right when you have the right, mm. well, you've wasted a golden opportunity to help because you're so busy living your life comfortably or mm. shitting on everyone else. Mm -hmm. And in, the, and in the end, we are a community and, as we've already mentioned, with globalisation and social media, you know, there's this time-space compression and a sense of being closer across the global stage with each other. And in many ways, that can be positive and that can remind us that 
we are in a shared battle for equality and it is ongoing and we do need all the troops we can get. So any woman or man who rejects feminism, which essentially means that no person should be discriminated against on the grounds of their gender. So there should really be no person who would want to disagree with feminism. But there are plenty who do, and that's people who are trying to hold on to power. They would say they're not holding on to power. They would say other things like, it's about women taking over power. This is a complex part of the argument. When we gained the vote, first in New Zealand and then in South Australia over 100 years ago, women were able to vote for issues that were in their interests and therefore um, if you were anti-suffrage you would have said that they're diluting the uh, community's cause um, by not voting for, for example, male issues. Um, that's how they would have cast their argument. When civil rights actions were taken in the 60s in the United States, um, of course the argument was about black men taking white men's jobs. And the reality is that, of course, when, they, when black people and black men, and notice I'm saying men here, were allowed to work in white men's jobs, inevitably white men did have their employment challenged. But that comes down to yet another resourcing and governmental challenge, which must be met. And it can be met with the kind of innovative policy directions that any good government should be willing to take. But in reality, if you're lazy, uh, particularly as a politician, it's simply easier to stifle people who are coming up from beneath. I think the, the common misconceptions are that we're like man-hating, we don't shave, we don't like sex, feminine or like girly kind of things and that we're all out protesting and nothing's ever good enough. Like it seems that there's this misconception that feminists will never be happy because look at how much equality we have now and they're still arguing about something, you know? I think there's just this misconception that we're toxic or pointless, but really there's clearly still a long way to go because there's always going to be people that just have a very backwards way of thinking, but the more you can educate people or open people's minds, I don't see why that's an issue. Well, the word feminism is only a dirty word for those a that don't understand it and b that thinks because we prop up one side now the scales of justice have got to be tipped the other way so the patriarchy i suppose sort of saying well hang on a minute if we have feminism that means then that that our own little world that we've created as men is now going to dismantle well that's not what it's about it's about equality it's not about saying well you've had enough power now now it's our turn and we tip the scales the other way and i think that's what scares people most is the fact that they will lose their control or their power and that's how the patriarchy is. So it's a matter of educating them as to what feminism really is and also to, uh, to make them go back and look at the history of Islam. So that's the difficulty that you have that the patriarchy have built this little empire for themselves and we as women are saying, well, hang on a minute, um, A, that's not quite right um, in human terms that, that there should be equality between men and women and it's definitely not right in Islamic terms because you are denying women some of the basic human rights that everyone should have access to the patriarchy that's being dismantled slowly slowly and it's that reaction to that rather than necessarily an Islamic thing because we see it uh, in all forms and I mean the minute that you start talking about uh, you know, men are, are violent, you know, in domestic abuse. Uh, then they say, oh, well, why are you having a go at all the men for? Well, yeah, because most of the men are the perpetrators. Because that's what feminism is about. It's about equality. It's about equal rights. And people should have equal rights regardless of their 
sexual orientation or their religion or their ethnicity or their sex. The power shouldn't all be in the control of a handful of white men. Uh, let's understand that there are a whole heap of other people all on this earth that all have to live together. So let's share that power. That's what the backlash is against sharing that power. But it's saying, oh, well, if we give it to you, then we've got to give it to that person and that person and that person. Well, yeah, actually you do because we all count as people. We all count as humans. Some had less opportunity than others, but let's change that inequality. And that's all it is. It's about just uh, leveling the playing field more than anything. And people get scared and then they say, oh, well, you know, that uh, hedonistic way of life and a sin and whatever. We're not, we're not here to argue the morality or otherwise of people, we're here to talk about equality between people regardless of whatever their morals. I'm talking about the equality between people uh, regardless of what their background is and that's the difficulty we have with misogyny and racism and uh, Islamophobia and all the other problems that we have that we target people for any little chink in their uh, DNA that may put them back behind the rest of the people. So that so unless you fit this very neat guideline of the characteristics that they see are good characteristics, then you conform to their standard. And if you don't, then automatically you get uh, pushed to a different queue and you're the other. So yes, you may say, oh, well, hang on, you're going to give rights to everybody. Well, yeah, actually... That's what we believe. If we believe that it, when men and women should be equal, we also believe that brown and white people should be equal and, you know, overseas people that are looking for asylum uh, should be treated humanely. So all of those qualities as a feminist should then come to the fore to say, well, there should be equality for all regardless of, of uh, your background or your uh, social standing in life. So a true feminist should be looking at workers' rights and citizenship rights and human rights, the, the right to an education and the right to, to free will and the right to uh, all the other rights that we, that we have, but, but the rights that are taken away from people because we don't conform to a standard.